Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The Irish Times Inside Business Podcast in association with EY, building a better working world. Hello and welcome to Inside Business with Kieran Hancock, a podcast from the Irish Times. On Tuesday, the government announced plans for the reopening of the remaining elements of our society and the lifting of most COVID restrictions. This included the green light for businesses to return to their offices after nearly 18 months of remote working. So how will this all work? What are the implications for employers? And what happens if a worker doesn't want to return to the office or if they're not vaccinated? These are just some of the many issues that employers are going to have to grapple with in the coming weeks and months. To try and work out answers to some of those questions, I'm delighted to be joined on this week's episode by Emma Scott, People Partner at Professional Services Firm PwC, Cliff Taylor of the Irish Times and Mary Connaughton, Director of CIPD Ireland, a professional body for the HR sector here. Cliff Taylor, I might start with you. Perhaps you could just recap uh, for the benefit of listeners, what exactly the government uh, announced yesterday in terms of the reopening of the rest of society? Well, in terms of businesses and offices, Kieran, uh, the key date that the gov- first key-, key date that the government gave was September the twentieth, as the date for when offices could start to gradually reopen. Now, there's still a lot of uh, protocols and, and rules to be worked out around that, and a lot of clarity which businesses are going to need. If they want to return at that date, uh, the key issues that I that I've heard talking to businesses, uh, the main one is social distancing. Uh, is it expected that companies will still uh, have to have a two meter distance between employees at that time? And also, uh, how will um, how will canteens operate? Um, so, the go ahead to open from September the twentieth, but still some uh, some things to be worked out about exactly how that will operate. Now, the second key date, obviously, is, is October the 22nd, when the government uh, indicated yesterday that most of the remaining restrictions, including the social distancing restrictions, uh, will be lifted. So I think from that date, uh, obviously, employers will be able to plan to return to the office pretty much uh, at, at, you know, at, at reasonable capacity, depending on what distancing rules uh, they want to put in themselves. But the two, the, crucially, the two meter distance rule, which, which is a big issue, I think, for a lot of businesses will be gone. So I think, you know, in practical terms, uh, there will be some companies trying to get p- people back in quickly. But uh, the people I've been talking to this morning are saying, look, we'll, we'll take a little while to look at this. Uh, we might plan to come back. We had kind of planned to come back in October anyway. We're probably going to stick to that schedule. Maybe we, we might wait till October the 22nd till you know, there's, there, there's full clearance and the remaining restrictions are lifted. Uh, there's a lot of things to be worked out, a lot of discussions to be had with employees. 
And obviously then the other issue is how keen will employees be to come back and how exactly will um, requirements, demands, requests, I suppose you could say, for flexible working in future be uh, be accommodated. I think in the short term, a lot of uh, employers are looking at, at hybrid working, as we know, a couple of days in the office and a couple of days out, 3-2 or 2-3, or depending on where you're looking at. Uh, but in the longer term, I think there's a lot of issues to be to be gone through with employees. Some won't want to come into the office at all. Some will want to be in the office all the time. Some will be happy with the hybrid arrangement. Some will probably want to come in to do specific things, to do for meetings, for uh, training, uh, for group activities, and, and want to work from home separately. So I think there's, there's a long way to be worked out. But I think it, it, overall companies are happy that, that at least there's some t- time schedule put on this now. There's a couple of key dates and certainly by the end of October, uh, I think we'll see some momentum building up in terms of people getting back uh, into offices, albeit uh, not in the way they used to in the past. Emma Scott, you're PwC's uh, people partner and you have a lot of staff, not just in Dublin, but elsewhere too. What's PwC's approach to returning to the office? Uh, thanks, Kieran. I think uh, Cliff has kind of teed it up very well there. Uh, I suppose throughout the pandemic, one of the things that we've been very focused on is trying to give our people as much certainty as possible and give them line of sight. So back in February of this year, we actually indicated that we wouldn't expect our kind of um, expect our people back to the offices until kind of September. So I think the government's announcement yesterday is is very welcome. It, it aligns with um, what we had thought and I suppose what we've been planning for uh, with our people. And I think it, it gives both business and employees some some certainty and some um, ability to kind of move forward with our plans. Uh, what we're planning to do, and I suppose in anticipation of, of you know, recognising that there would be some anxiety for people to come back. It's a, a massive change to go from 18 months of remote working back to the office environment. Our, our approach is very much going to be, as we have been throughout, safety first um, and a gradual return. So um, we've been putting plans in place and supporting our people with a view to that kind of transitional uh, and gradual approach back and ultimately, um, as we had announced in May, we're moving to a, a hybrid model as part of our future uh, of work uh, going forward. And that'll be two to three days uh, office-based in the week. But as I say, our initial return to office will be very gradual as we build to that, that future position. So what we've actually asked our people to do is to plan to come back to the office um, work with their teams around what the purpose for that would be and with the objective of, of coming back, you know, at least once in September so that uh, people have the opportunity to get used to the, the work environment again. Emma, I think most people would be familiar with the PwC head office there on, on the North Docklands in Dublin. How many people would you have in that building? Let's say pre-pandemic, how many would you have had? So there'd be about 2,000, uh, north of 2,000 that would be based uh, in this office. Now, again, just the nature of our business, we're a client service business. So, you know, we'd have people that would be based in the office, but also kind of out at client site as well. So the numbers physically in the office day to day would kind of vary from that. But but that's how many would be ha- see that as their home office. Okay, that's a big number, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, from September 20th, how many people do you expect to have in the office on a day-to-day basis? Yeah, so I suppose, Kieran, since the, the, you know, I suppose we moved away from what would have been kind of the level five restrictions into something where, um, you know, people could attend the office for essential purposes. We had reopened our offices. We weren't mandating that people uh, come back in, but I suppose it was just uh, making it available for people if there was essential reasons that they need to come in. So we've seen numbers in and around kind of 200 people a day might be using the office for, for various reasons. So 
an office of our size and, and that kind of level of, of throughput going through is, is quite small. I, I don't anticipate that we'd be back to significant numbers for a period of time. As I say, our approach is going to be gradual. Um, you know, we're looking for people to kind of come back in, you know, maybe one, two days, kind of three days over a month and kind of build it up that way. I, I anticipate that it'll be more into 2022 when we are back to something more normal or hopefully into our, our new way of working, which would be two to three days uh, a week in the office. If a two metre rule, uh, social distancing rule is imposed, how many people could you have in your office at any one time? Yeah, so currently, I mean, we, we've the office, uh, as I say, you know, we've, we've been very, our principles kind of throughout all of this have been to follow the government guidelines to put safety and well-being of our people first. Um, so our offices have been set up, uh, you know, with that two metre distancing in place. And effectively what it does is it removes about 50% of the desk space that we had. Um, so it was quite significant. So even if, um, you know, we were able to kind of move back uh, immediately and we had the two metres still in place, we obviously couldn't bring back all of our people uh, all of the time. So it would be gradual. I, I suppose, interestingly, if, if it moves back to one metre or if it's gone entirely, I suppose it, it's, it's helpful. Moving back to one metre probably still poses some restrictions and something we need to think about as, as part of the future layout of the office as well and, and our kind of future hybrid working model. Cliff mentioned some of the sort of practical issues that businesses are going to have to come to terms with in, uh, in this return to office scenario. One of them is how catering areas or canteens are going to operate. Have you figured that out? I mean, I presume you must have a substantial canteen in PwC with 2000 people. Yeah, so we, we do have a, a substantial canteen and kind of a, a coffee dock and a shop. And, and actually, um, you know, we, we've kept, I suppose, more skeleton facilities around, um, you know, that kind of coffee dock and, and uh, lunches available for people that have been kind of using the office. We do need to figure out um, how we bring back our, our full scale uh, canteen restaurant kind of operations. We have something in place currently and it's catering for the volume of people that we're seeing in the office. And I think one of the key things that we're going to be doing is monitoring, you know, the levels of people that are coming in, what uh, the expectation and demands are, and, and we'll um, adjust accordingly as, as part of that. But presumably people would have sat together, um, for example, around the table and, yeah. and had a sandwich yeah. or had a bowl of soup or whatever it might be. I'm not sure uh, if you want to encourage that or maybe people will feel a bit nervous about that now. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think that's, you know, as I say, one of the, the key challenges and, and what we have in place currently. And I think it's one of the, the things that will be, you know, part of the whether someone decides whether they come to the office or not will be what their experience is like when they're in the office. So is it an enjoyable experience? Is it a pleasant experience? The types of things our people are telling us that they want to come back to the office for are that social connection, interaction, working with their colleagues, you know, what, what you, you you learn from each other, just kind of, um, you know, being in close proximity. And that's that's one of the key things that people are coming back for. So part of that will be, you know, and part of our planning is how do we make sure that the office experience um, when people arrive and come in, you know, really supports that. So things like, you know, well, how will we set up our, our restaurant facilities? You know, how will we set up our collaboration spaces, you know, so that people can can do that in a safe way while always kind of following the the guidelines around safety. So as it currently stands, when you're in communal spaces, you're wearing face masks, um, you know, and you, you have the social distance requirements. We've taken seating out so that the, the spacing is all there. So, you know, it's it's there. People can use it if if they want to, but there is that piece around. Well, is it an enjoyable experience? And I think as things start to relax more, then that'll be better for for our people as well. Mary Connaughton, um, can I just ask you uh, from uh, CIPD's uh, 
point of view, if you like, uh, from talking to your members, because you're the professional body for the HR sector here in Ireland, and um, what kind of concerns are they raising um, with you that they're hearing from their own uh, people in terms of this return to office scenario? Because I presume people are a bit nervous about going back. Um, they've been out for 18 months. Do they wear a mask? Is the person sitting beside me vaccinated? Uh, how freely can I move around? How many days a week can I go in? There must be a lot of concerns out there. Yes, there certainly are a lot of concerns and a lot of questions being asked. I mean, we're hearing um, that there is an anxiety out there about returning to the workplace. I mean, at a personal level, individuals have adopted very well to working from home and have got a new way of working and pattern of life in place. And now after 18 months, they have to change that. And you nearly have to think about people coming back. It's like going into their first place, uh, their first day of work. You know, the workplace will have changed. There'll be new safety measures, new, you know, spacing um, rules and, and um, new canteen ways of working, as Emma was describing. So it will be a different workplace. And um, we also know that they're nervous about things like um, public transport. And there's still an anxiety about catching the, um, the uh, COVID but as our vaccine, vaccination rate goes up, we think that that will start to, to, to lower um, around that. But yeah, a lot of concern and anxiety that companies are, have to deal with. The other key area that we're being asked about is around how to make the hybrid working model work. What in practice does that actually look like? Um, so what do they need to do to make sure they're taking employee concerns into place? But for example, you know what I mean? You can't just say to everybody, well, just pick two to three days a week and work as you want. You actually have to make sure that you're getting people on site to do the right things and to deliver the business performance. So we're hearing that they're having to work hard to get that balance between what the organization needs um, in terms of performance, what the team needs in terms of how it works and what a particular individual needs. So a lot of them are moving to get the teams to work themselves, to bring in a team charter about how they're going to work. Um, as Emma said, very much a lot of the purpose of coming back is for that collaboration and innovation, team working. They were all things that our research found dipped during the pandemic. So, you know, companies now want to put much more attention on them. But to do that, you need to have the right people in the office. So if we want to have a collaborative session or a team session, you know, bringing us all in on the same day is what's important rather than one person picking a Monday, somebody else in on a Tuesday. So it's going to take a bit of organization so that you end up with the right people in the room. And we think sort of building that social connection is going to be very important. So allowing people the opportunity to touch base with other people, to have some downtime. Um, I mean, people are saying, well, look, we've been performing well from home and certainly generally the, the indicators are how high productivity has gone. So as a country, we really have excelled ourselves during this phase. But at the same time, the things that are missing are what we need to spend time on when we're back together. So it's about structuring. When you're together, you're in at meetings, you're having your one-to-one -one conversations, you're doing your planning sessions together, you're collaborating, you're allowing time for some innovation and cross um, conversations to happen. And then when it's about me personally getting on and doing my bit of the job, that that's the thing that I can do 
from home and I can do them well. And that's what we've learned how to do using, uh, you know, high levels of technology. Mary, can I ask, is an employer entitled to ask staff members if they've been vaccinated? Um, In general, in the main, most employers are not. There are separate unique circumstances like in the health sector and in some of the, the food industries where they have permission. They can do so. But generally, an employer is not allowed to ask that question of an employee because it raises all sorts of information about what information they're storing and how they can be using it. Now, when the public rate is so high, like going to hit 90% in the next um, couple of weeks, that means that people can assume the majority of individuals around them have been vaccinated. But they've never called out that vaccination is a workplace safety measure. The workplace safety measures have been around physical distancing, you know, mask wearing, um, sanitizers, cleaning, um, you know, how you use collaborative spaces. It's never been called out as a workplace protection measure. And we don't expect that that's going to change. Now, in practice, we know people share that information. So people say, you know, you know, I've had my vaccination or as they're coming up, they're, they're letting others know I'm going to have my vaccination because we've been quite proud of it. It's not something that generally has been hidden. But um, under um, GDPR, no, an employer is not allowed to formally ask or formally record that information. How do employers stand legally if somebody gets COVID? What are the litigation implications for an employer in that scenario? Well, generally, workplaces have not been particular places where uh, the illness have been captured. People have often captured it in in other places and, and, you know, may have brought it into the workplace. But generally, we're not seeing that there are cases where the employer has been um, given that. Now, in certain environments, in health environments where they're working around um, the COVID process, then there are more implications for employers. Um, But in general, it falls under, you know, the normal health and safety regulations. And unless an employer could be proven to be negligent in how they had managed health and safety, it wouldn't necessarily fall the employer to actually be the, the, the person who has caused it to happen, unless two cause could be proven. At EY, our purpose is to build a better working world. As one of Ireland's leading professional services firms, our exceptional people are at the centre of everything we do. We deploy technology at speed and innovation at scale to deliver exceptional solutions for our clients enabling them to transform and grow. To find out more, visit ey.com. Emma Scott, if somebody came to you in PwC and said, uh, the person sitting beside me isn't vaccinated, I know this because they've told me and I don't want to sit beside them anymore, how would you, how would you handle that situation? Well, I suppose, Kieran, we, you know, what we've been doing, um, you know, we've been trying to support our people throughout. So, you know, both in terms of, of mental health and well-being um, and we've been, you know, running kind of various seminars to support people, including uh, one in relation to vaccination to try and kind of debunk um, some of the myths and I suppose help people um, understand and, and raise an opportunity for them to raise their questions and get them answered by an, an expert. Um, that was very well attended. We got lots of questions, lots of interaction, lots of really good feedback on it. So we're trying to do things like that to, to support our people and encourage them um, and, and I suppose take away some of their concerns around vaccination. Again, as I say, our approach has been very much around um, looking after our people and, and the safety of our people. So, you know, we do have um, mechanisms where if people have particular concerns, 
they can come and talk to to people about it. You know, we do try and encourage and get to the bottom of of what the the challenge is. The other thing I suppose I would say is that we do have um within our seating we kind of have a, um open plan seating and and you you book your your seat. So I suppose there there would be an opportunity for people to sit um in different locations, but but generally we, we try to um support and and you know assist our people work through the the particular challenges. I, I don't know if hot desking was much of a feature in PwC pre-pandemic. Will it be a feature going forward? Well, actually, we, yeah, we've been running it for a number of years. And again, we kind of have a smart booking system whereby people book um, their seat. As I say now, um, under the current kind of rules, the, the number of seats that are available um, are reduced. So we've greater spaces between them. But it's very much how we're going to, to operate in the future. Because I think, you know, to some of the points that, that Mary raised there around um, how do we make hybrid working, which is how we're going to, to work in the future. How do we make that work? One of the things will be, you know, what's the purpose that people are coming to the office for? getting the right people there, you know, and, and having the, the infrastructure set up in a way that, that people can co-locate and, and they come to the office and they get those benefits of, of working together. So we very much see it as, we've had it for a number of years and we see it very much as, as how we're going to uh, operate in the future and, and a key part of the technology supports that will enable us to, to work in a hybrid way. Will you be asking your people if they've been vaccinated? No, we won't. So, I mean, for the, for the same reasons that, that Mary set out. Okay, and if you discover that somebody hasn't been vaccinated or if they volunteer the information um, to you, what do you do with that information? Do you simply ignore it or do you try and have a, a conversation with that person or how, how do you approach it? Well, I, I think it's, it's you know, I suppose it's a personal decision for people ultimately. Again, as I say, we've kind of put supports in place to help um, you know, demystify and, and answer some of the, the questions around vaccination and hopefully, um, you know, people would be... Uh, taking that up as part of it. I'd again point to, um, you know, Mary's uh, point there around the, the high levels of vaccination uptake uh, around the country, um, which is, you know, super to see and, and great to see the, the progress on the vaccination programme. So I would hope again that we would have high levels of, of vaccination. But if any of our people have particular concerns, you know, we'll deal with those uh, individually and try and, and work through it with the with the people. Being vaccinated doesn't make you double uh, bulletproof though, does it? Because you can be double vaccinated and you can still catch COVID. And you can catch a very mm-hmm. unpleasant uh, strain of COVID. You can get very sick. Now, you might not mm-hmm. get as sick as you would have, you know, previously, or you might not be in danger of going to hospital or dying or whatever, hopefully anyway, but you still can get very sick. Um, and we know that there are implications around long COVID. There's still a lot of research being done on that. So what are the implications for an employer like PwC in that kind of scenario? Um, have you looked into the potential for litigation uh, in those kind of areas? Well, I, I think our main focus has been on, as I say, the safety and, and uh, ability to, to move to what the new normal will be. So again, you know, our office is set up in a way whereby, you know, we're putting that safety first. We're, we're putting the, the mechanisms in place. We've got the right type of ventilation. We've got all of the sanitation and the, the hygiene kind of etiquette set up. We, you know, encourage um, our people in terms of the um, training that they get in advance of a return to the office and the protocols that we've put in place around that. So while, you know, I suppose an office or, or any other environment, obviously people can still, uh, you know, um, get COVID, we're doing everything that we can to be to put the preventative measures in place around that. And again, as we have done throughout, we will follow um, the government safety guidelines and, and make sure that we're fully compliant there. Mary, any sense of how many companies are actually going to open up their offices from September 20th onwards? Because we've seen a couple of the big tech companies, Apple um, last week and Google uh, just yesterday announcing that. And they're not going to be returning to the office until January at the earliest. And Google said that they will give 
workers 30 days notice essentially before they're expected to be back in the office. So what kind of uptake do you think we'll see from later this month onwards? I think actually we're going to see a fairly slow uptake. I think uh, a bit like the, the PwC model, what we will see is people bringing people back on a, a day a week or two days a week um, slowly getting people familiar with the environment and use it as a kind of an induction phase back into hybrid working. Um, the, because there's so much up in the air in terms of both what individuals think they want and what um, you know how they work together with the teams, we're all on a learning curve here. I mean, what our research is telling us that like, um, you know, 75% of employers are going to adopt a future of a blended future workplace. So we're going to see that in the main. Not many have already come out with a timeline, um, you know, in terms of, of, of next year, but some have. And there's value in terms of let's have some certainty here. So employees have certainty and the, the organization has a certainty. Um, you know, when you when you mentioned earlier that we don't have the um, the new protocol about workplace safety measures for reopening, you know, and expected for companies expected to, to reopen in about three weeks time. And yet they don't have the protocol. So they do need do they need to put in ventilation? We understand that physical distance will still be required until the end of October until that timeline. Um, but when we don't have those details, you can't even necessarily put all your infrastructure in space. So I think we will see this being a trial period now from now to the end of 2021. And really, it'll kick off then in early 2022 in terms of a more standardised set of ways of working coming into place. Mary, has COVID been good for the HR sector? I mean, there's a lot more complexity around the workplace now, isn't there? And HR kind of feeds all complexity, doesn't it? Certainly, we have seen the profession, um, I say, hurtle centre stage for the last 18 months. When you initially look at what needed to happen to get people out of the workplace safely, have the technology, get the communications, work out how to collaborate together, get managers to, you know, put their arms around um, people. And that has certainly put us at the centre of decision making than maybe we were in the past. Uh, The whole well-being um, agenda that's been there over the past year to make sure people have been safe to look after mental health because there's been more mental health concerns and um, with the pandemic has made a center stage and now for 2021 it's really been about what is that future ways of working and um, I mean it brings in the whole talent agenda you have to put in ways of working that are going to retain the people you need and attract future people and we're already seeing individuals say if I'm not going to get hybrid working I'm not interested in a particular job. So there is a strong talent agenda out there of expectation that people will go hunting to work in the way they're working. And that's all driving how HR has been responding and how it's been putting in, you know, looking at how do we best bring in hybrid and blended working. And it's also, I think, the other issues that's been thrown up is the role of the manager and needing to put greater supports in place for managers because managers have had to have much stronger one-to-one relationships and team relationships because now, you know, an individual doesn't have a whole set of colleagues on site to go to. You know, they have a couple, they have a, a key line management role. So that has that has significantly changed. And another issue that has thrown up in the past while is really this equality agenda. And Emma touched on it in terms of as people return, how do you make sure that you're actually making sure that people are treated fairly in your decision making around who comes back? And we have seen that um, women have been more, in a sense, negatively impacted by the pandemic. And so more of them actually sort of um, 
lost their their jobs in it. And that was mainly driven by the sectors they've been worked in. But even in the workplace, they've had to take more time off for childcare reasons um, over the past 18 months than men have. And there's concerns over how they will slip back into the their careers for the future. So there are quality um, issues around that. There's quality issues coming up around um, the younger generation being more keen to come back to the workplace and people who have sort of more established homes and better ways of working from home um, and maybe the longer commute are the people who don't want to come back. So we could risk having a different generational mix in work and outside work. So how do we balance um, that? Um, So there's lots happening that is put um, HR centre stage and we've certainly seen an uptake in our membership and an uptake in the number of people studying to join the HR profession in Ireland. Emma Scott, when do you think, all things been equal and let's hope there are no more lockdowns, but if that's the case, when do you think PwC's head office there in, in Dublin Stocklands might get back to pre-pandemic levels of occupancy um, or will it ever get back to pre-pandemic levels? Yeah, well, I, I suppose, Kieran, you know, one of the, the things that we've done is is commit to hybrid working into the future. So, you know, in effect, we've moved away from a five day a week office based uh, culture to what will be two to three days, um, you know, office based or client site based, depending on on uh, what the needs are. And, you know, part of our kind of response to this, I mean, I think, you know, the, the point's been made, you know, it's been a very challenging time. We had to move uh, entirely to remote working. You know, we've done lots of surveys of our people and kind of listened to what they're telling us. And, you know, one of the key things is that they want, you know, a, a degree of hybrid working into the future. And that's what we're, we're going to deliver. There's plenty of challenges. I think Mary has covered a number of them as to how you operationalize that and how you make it work and how you ensure that you're still an inclusive um, environment. And, and those are the very issues that we're grappling with as well. Um, but I think it, it, we, I don't know that we will get back to the levels, um, that we had, given that we've committed to, to hybrid working. But, you know, I think also how the office will be used will be quite, uh, different. And, you know, one of the things that we're working through at the moment as well is, is the etiquette of how we, we work in a hybrid way, recognizing that, you know, we'll have colleagues in the office and, and colleagues remotely. Um, I, I do think, and I, you know, again, our approach will be very much a gradual return to the office as we build to that, that hybrid level. Um, and I do think that'll take a number of months. And I think it'll be something that'll be very much trial and error. Um, you know, this is uh, something that we're going into that we don't know all the answers, that we very much want to hear from our people and, and co-create and collaborate with them and listen to how they want to work in the future. Also, you know, our clients, how do our clients want us to to engage with them and, and build that as part of how we're going to, to work. So I don't think we'll go back to how we were pre-pandemic. Um, I certainly think the office will be a key feature of how we work in the future. Um, but I think it'll be in, in a different way. And, and I think, uh, you know, that's something that is, is positives that we're hearing from our people through the feedback as well as to, um, you know, what they expect from it and, and the opportunities as well. It's interesting, though, isn't it? Because it's a big cost for the business, isn't it? That It's an expensive piece of real estate. And if you're not going to go back to sort of pre-pandemic levels of occupancy, does it justify the cost? Well, I, again, a very good point, but I'd hope also that, you know, we'd see continued growth in, in our business as well. So perhaps, um, you know, to, to service that level of growth and, and headcount growth in, in uh, previous times, we've had to grow our kind of real estate. Um, you know, but perhaps we can do all of that smarter now and, and kind of deliver the growth with the, the same level of real estate. So I think there's an opportunity there for us too. Cliff, is this the end of the office of the concept of the office as we knew it for good? 
I think it probably is um, in the sense that I don't think we're, we're ever going back to the way we were before, Kieran. Um I think what we're going to see in the short term is uh, a lot of push and pull between employers and employees. Uh, a lot of employees will, you know, will want to stay at home, as Mary and Emma both said, have got used to new ways of working and new ways of, of, of life and have other responsibilities that they've fitted around that. Uh, and this is going to be a you know a big disruption for for people, I suppose. Uh, af- after eighteen months, at the same time, employers you know legitimately will want people back, and it's a way of trying to find a middle way between that. And you know, I, I do think that you know the hybrid approach in in the sense of you know two days in and three days out, or or three days in and two out is a is a perfectly reasonable you know place to start for employers. And I think a lot of employers will 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 start uh, around there or will aim towards that. But I just wonder, and and, and uh, Emma and Mary have both kind of spoken around this. I, I think this will evolve into into us thinking, you know, what do we really need the office for? Uh, when do we really need to be in the office? And how do, as employers and employees, do we reasonably organise that? Uh, you know, that's going to vary from company to company. It's going to vary from job to jobs. You know, some jobs, you know, can, can quite happily be done a hundred percent of the time from home. Uh, others will require people to be in the office a fair bit of the time or most of the time. So, there, you know, there is a fairness agenda there. And I think there's also kind of an agenda in terms of, you know, if you might say stars or our employees that are in, you know, really high demand, because uh, they're going to be going to interview, interviews and saying, you know, if you want me to come and work for you, you know, I will, but uh, I, I want X money and I also want to work at home for at least three days a week or, or I want to work at home all the time and come in for meetings or whatever. And so I think that's going to drive a lot of the change as well. So I think the office, as we know it, is probably is probably over. But exactly what comes next, uh, I think it's going to take it's going to take quite a while to work out. Just to 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 add that, um, certainly agree with what Kif is saying. I suppose we're seeing one or two changes. We're seeing the office no longer being like part of the employee value proposition. If you think of how long we've talked about what Google offers in terms of its office space, and we've seen all these, you know, um, bean bags and tech companies offering benefits around the workplace, and what we're seeing is that sort of sense of what our building offers as part of the employee value proposition is certainly diminishing because, as, as Cliff said, people want a different way of working. But the other change we're seeing is that um, workplaces are being redesigned for much more collaborative working. So when we say that when we want people to be in the office and we want them to be working together, that means you need more meeting space, you need more um, whiteboards, you know, you also need to have offices that can have a hybrid meeting, which means if I happen to be at home, I can still be heard and be seen and see everybody on screen. And that takes a bit of an investment. So certainly we're seeing the layout of offices changing. We're seeing um, the move from individual desks to a combination of hot desking, collaborative spacing for large groups, small groups, pods. So there is big changes happening in that space. And until the rules are clear on physical distancing, companies aren't prepared to sort of work out what their future needs are are going to be. Because, in fact, for some of them, they said, actually, to bring people back with physical distancing, we need more space. And then down the road, when we know how the level fits. Um, But also, if we could end up with a situation where a lot of people are in, for example, you know, on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Um, and hence, we actually have big numbers to cater for on some days and smaller numbers to cater for on Mondays and Fridays. So there's a lot still up in the air around that building, but certainly um, less focus on it and more on how we get people to work together. 
And Emma, if, so, if everybody comes to you and says, yes, I'd like uh, to work Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday, thank you, that'd be very fine. And I'll take Monday and Friday off. How do you deal with that? Yeah, no, I, I think it's one of the, the, the real concerns that, that we have as well. Um, the approach that we've taken for, for hybrid working has been very much a principles-based approach. So we've indicated that people we need to be in two to three days um, a week. And I think we, we framed it within, um, you know, it's, it's not something, it's something that can vary week to week. It can vary depending on project to project because a lot of our people work on different projects, work in different teams. They're not, you know, um, the, the variety of their work means that, you know, there can be a lot of change and, and different dynamics. So the principles that we've put in place is, you know, really people to ask the question, you know, does it work for my clients? Does it work for my team? Does it work for the business? So, you know, we would expect, and we've, you know, as part of our principles, we've kind of explained to people that it'd be a degree of fluidity. So, um, you know, we would hope then as part of that planning um, that the coordination would mean that we would have a more even spread. But I think like, like most organisations, we anticipate there might be a, a push for the the kind of midweek um, timeframe. But it, it's something we, we absolutely need to work through and, and it is a challenge. And, and very much, you know, I've mentioned obviously the number of employees that we have we have to kind of bring that down to a team level. It's not something that we can dictate um, as a firm or that the individual can can dictate um, the days they're doing. It's something that as a team, you know, working together as we do, we need to figure out what works best for the team. And that, that can vary week to week. Have you decided what days you want to work in the office and what days at home? The same principles that apply to me, Kieran. I think so. I'll, I'll, I, it'll depend on my my client and my my, my team as well. So, um, you know, undoubtedly, and certainly, you know, it's something we're very focused on as a leadership team as well, is to ensure that you know we lead from the front on this. That you know we're embracing hybrid working. It's something that our our people have told us is really important. You know, Mary's mentioned kind of the the employer value proposition. You know, this is very much key to um, you know talent in the future as well, and is probably going to become um, you know the, the the minimum that people will expect. So as a leadership team, it's something that um, we're looking to embrace as well. So we'll absolutely be working in a hybrid way. And I think, as I say, the same principles apply. We'll have to be flexible as well as as the the needs demand. Cliff, is this the end of COVID and the end of restrictions? Yeah, I don't know, Kieran. Um, <laughs> I don't think it's the end of COVID. I don't think anyone thinks it's the end of COVID. Uh, you know, we'll probably be wearing masks in and out to offices, if not at our desks, I think, for some time. Uh, you would wonder how the distancing issue will 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 play out. And I think as you spoke about earlier, you know, there will certainly for an interim interim period and hopefully only for an interim period be kind of a lot of concerns for employees in terms of coming into the office, particularly I think of the use of public transport on the way into the office, which I think is going to emerge as a as a as a significant issue for people. Um let's hope it's a you know, that's temporary, transitory, interim period and that by next year uh, while you know COVID will still be will still be uh, around, I'm sure that it's uh, it's less of an issue uh, for for us all than it than it has been over the last eighteen months. Okay, we we'll leave it there. Cliff Taylor, Emma Scott, and Mary Connaughton, thank you for joining Inside Business. That's it for this week from Inside Business. Thanks again to Emma Scott, Cliff Taylor, and Mary Connaughton. Thanks also to our sponsor EY. This week's show was produced by Suzanne Brennan. Remember, you can get the latest business news straight into your inbox by signing up to our Business Today email at irishtimes.com. And you can also follow the Irish Times business feed on Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook each day. I'm Kieran Hancock. Until next time, take care. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 